Hi, this is Kevin Pollack. Go to kevinpollackschatshow.com. You're, of course, checking out showproducedmonkeys.com right now, and that's pretty cool. Around this town, I'm all right. Around this town, I'm all right. I mean, no consequence when you're playing with the fire. Move to the left, man. You started off. Uh, in the mid '90s, doing more of a character on stage. In the, in the early '90s, like '92 to '96, '97, I was very much like a happy comic. I wore funny pants, influenced by someone like an Emo Phillips type thing. Doing more kind of one-liner comedy. Uh, you know, happy. I call them my happy, clappy, fun boy days. You know, where you're always happy. You're eating a hot dog every day. It's no big deal. It's not a problem. And then I just kind of got tired of that. You know. Um, what was it that, that kind of made you realize you wanted to bring more of yourself into your act? Well, it's just, you know, I always say, and it may, may be even almost a cliche now, I've said it so many times, but, um, you know, the jokes you write when you're 21 and the jokes you're wanting to do at 31 are two different things. And I think that any comic that's been in it a long time, if you're a character comic, it can be very draining and very hard, and you're not being real with yourself. And so I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it was just a bad thing for me. I had to start writing jokes about what I wanted to do and wanted to say and talk about. And also, when you're bombing as a character, it's the worst. At least when you're bombing as not yourself, but a heightened version of yourself, it's a lot easier to take. And there's a lot more different ways you can take it. When you're sucking in funny pants, you can't just all of a sudden go, hey, let's talk about this. You're stuck in funny pants. <laughs> right. So, so now with, the, with your kind of new persona on stage, I guess, you're not exactly known for squeaky clean material. Do you think your reputation uh, at this point hurts you at all, or it actually helps you because of how outspoken and honest you are? I think it, it, hurt, it hurts and it helps. It hurts financially, but it helps on the Internet. You know, because the Internet gravitates towards stuff that I'm throwing and people pass it around. So that, that helps a little bit, but financially it hurts. I've probably lost more money than made by the choice of comedy that I do, meaning there's shows that won't hire me, even though I would be professional and clean, but my reputation precedes me. So even though I still do write clean comedy, and I still do, do once in a while the odd corporate gig where I put the kind of nice pants on and I do nice comedy for nice people, I don't get booked a lot that way because people see me as the devil. And, you know, the devil doesn't make a lot of money in comedy. At least not in Canada. In America, Americans embrace controversy. And they'll show up to it. In Canada, they try to smother it. Talking about kind of, the, I guess, the, the controversy in the States, right now in particular, there's an interesting discussion going on in the media about jokes in bad taste on the heels of some... Yeah, of course, the Gilbert the, Gottfried, the Gilbert yeah. Gottfried stuff. Uh, do you think there should ever be a line in comedy, or is nothing too soon as long as it's funny? You know what? If he was on The Tonight Show and did those jokes, I could understand someone being upset, because The Tonight Show you know, gravitates a certain audience a certain way. But when you signed up for his Twitter account, and you know what kind of comic he is by signing up for his Twitter account... I personally don't think he crossed the line by doing those jokes on his Twitter account. I think you know what you get with him. You know that he sometimes crosses the line, per se, but that's his whole act. And it is my act, too. I'm not saying I'm as good as Gilbert Gottfried. All I'm saying is I've crossed the line before, but as George Carlin used to say, sometimes you cross the line to know where the line is. And I've got no problem with that. I personally think it's a bit of a kind of backlash, a corporate America backlash on why he was fired. I get it that Axe Flack has got 75% of their holdings in Japan. 
But, you know, I've done jokes about Japan already, you know. I've got no problem with it. I got into a lot of controversy about doing jokes about the beheading too soon afterwards. So I'm in that same category. So, of course, I'm going to be defending what he does. Is there any material that you've come up with that you eventually decided went too far and you cut from your act? Uh, there is one joke that I used to do. It was about five minutes long about a baby being raped to death by a dog in Tonawanda. Now, this was reported in the news. All the details that I said on stage was reported in the news. So it was fine for six o'clock news, but it was just too much for audiences, even on a nasty show. So I dropped it. You know, I want laughs. You know, I want to make sure I get laughs. The bit can be that dark that only comics laugh at. Then I'll tell a comic roast or I'll tell in the back of a comedy club. I'm not going to punish an audience that many times. But very rarely, very rarely. Uh, performing a festival like the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, which you're doing in, in a month, uh, means that you'll be doing much shorter sets than a typical club gig. Do you prefer being able to explore a bunch of ideas in a set or just have the concise and solid five minutes? I personally am not a big fan of five minutes, but um, I, don't, I don't think many comics are, uh, unless you're a very short kind of one-liner comic that it, it kind of lends itself to. But I have no problem with it. I mean, that's the deal you make with doing television. It's short sets. And I'd like to do a longer set, but that's what my DVDs are for. I've got three. They're all three hours long. If someone wants to see me for seven minutes and ends up buying my DVD because they want to see more, so be it. Um, I prefer longer sets, and on the nasty show or the dark and dirty show, whatever they're calling it, I'm hoping to do a longer set than, than seven minutes, but we'll see. Yeah, I guess because it's not that one isn't for television, you can get away right. with a little more time there. Yeah, so I mean, you, you make a deal with the devil. You take the TV gig and you, you do the other gigs for fun, you know, and... And that's kind of what happens. My, my, but my gala, my, my gala is called Crossing the Line. So it's not like, you know, I'm going to be talking about, you know, Muppets and, you know, candy floss. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's going to be edgy. Although I would, uh, would be interested to see uh, uh, Darren Frost take on Muppets and candy floss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th there'd be some inappropriate things for sure. <laughs> um, now, you've, uh, you've done a lot of uh, movies and TV commercials uh, over the yeah. years. Uh, is it odd being known and recognized for things that probably don't accurately represent your comedic voice or actual self? Well, that's why I don't advertise them a lot. Um, the movies I do, because the movie industry doesn't care, and television, like MTV Skins or other shows that I've done that are controversial, they don't care either. But when it comes to the commercials, they care. And very rarely will you see me advertise the fact I've done commercials. Uh, especially not for my long-form live shows, because, you know, that's the reason I don't do commercials anymore, you know, because I was the Listerine model for a while, but, you know, Pfizer doesn't want to get that letter. Dear Pfizer, your mascot called us a today, you know? That's just, the, that's just the reality of that business. So I generally don't talk that much about the commercials um, in promoting certain shows. I just I have to be careful. And even the movie credits. I was in the Red Green movie. I never advertised it because the average Red Green fan is not going to be a fan of what I do. And contrary to a lot of other comics in my category, I don't like punking audiences, meaning, you know, they're expecting one thing and I'm delivering something else. I want everyone to know what they're getting into. And if you don't like it then, at least you made that choice. From watching your videos on YouTube and stuff, you, you do seem to mention on stage, you know, this is that you, you knew what you were getting into when you bought a ticket. Yes. Uh, you know, my live shows, there's a sign at the door. It says X-rated, no refunds. If you pass through that door and you get upset with me swearing or the content of my show, you can, and you can leave. That's your right. 
but you can't yell at me and scream at me or get upset with me while I'm on stage for doing what you've been warned it's going to be. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, uh, that seems incredibly reasonable. <laughs> right, but you'd be surprised, you know. They go, oh, it's just going to be Seinfeld with a couple of and it's not. And then they, they try to take the show away from, from me. They either throw something at me, jump on stage, attack me, you know, send me emails wishing cancer and AIDS on me. I've had it all. Wow, that's, that's, that's pretty harsh. Yeah, I've had it all. But, you know, they're, they're, of the 300 people, maybe four people feel that way, and 200 love it, and 80 think it's good. And, you know, 16 are like, this is all right. You know, if four people are that upset with it, what can I do? Oh, yeah, I mean, and the fact that you're getting, eliciting that kind of response out of those four people means at least it is affecting them, right? And you're hitting, you know. Yeah, to, certain, to some people, they think that I'm doing my job by, by doing that. I, I don't know. I, like, I really don't like pissing people off, even though it lends itself to my act. Um, I think that I have, you know, whatever you want to call it, progressive views or crazy views. You know, everything I say, I stand behind. There's, the jokes that I only do for shock value, I don't do anymore. I have done them in the past, and, and that's the wake-up audiences. I generally don't do them that much anymore. All the jokes that people get offended at, I would say on a CBC News World interview, I would just leave the bad language out. Uh, do you have any advice for young comics who might just be starting out writing material and doing open mics? Any definitive do's and don'ts? The only, the only thing, you know, I, I used to give a lot of advice. The only advice I give now is, uh, and it's quoted from Lenny from Motorhead, just do your own thing and make your own mistakes and learn from them. That's it. And, you know, the only other one outside of that is just keep doing sets. That's it. The more sets you do, the better you get, period. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still known to be a guy that I still do open mics, like three or four a week in Toronto. So I was just going to say, just, just to, to make sure that your material is staying fresh and you're always writing new things? Yeah, writing new things and, and bombing. And, you know, that's fine, too, because I'm trying to work out new stuff because I get tired of the old stuff or I'm working on a new DVD. You know, there's always reasons to get on stage on an open mic and, and make it work for you. I'm not there for the six people eating chicken wings. I'm there for me. And that's what a lot of young comics don't realize. And even a lot of old comics, they get very, uh, I don't want to say stagnant, but very secure in their act. It's like, this, this is not the reason I got into this. I got into this because I love stand-up comedy and writing new jokes. So if you look at the comics that I think are amazing today, it's generally all comics that are writing new material all the time. In America, Louis C.K., in Canada, Kenny Robinson. It ends for me right there. I was going to, yeah, bring up Louis C.K. as a good example of that. Yeah, every time he has a new special... He gets rid of all those jokes and starts new right away. So. Right. And, you know, he'd be the first one to say he's not the first person to do that. He's just the first person right now touring that's really gunning for that. That's all. That's, that's you know, that's an old thing they used to do. You know, uh, Carlin did it. Uh, Pryor did it. It's just for some reason in the advent of, of the comedy boom in the 80s and early 90s, a lot of comics stopped doing that because they were too busy doing other things, movies and TV shows and getting very lazy with their stand-up. For people that are going to be coming to your uh, two shows in Winnipeg, you're doing the, the late-night gala and then the dirty yep. show, as you previously mentioned. Um, what yep. should they expect from a Darren Frost show if they don't already know? You know, come with an open mind and leave your agenda at the front door, uh, especially for the dirtier show, because there's going to be some things that you may not agree with. Um, but, you know, wait for the next joke. You might agree with that one or find it funny. You know, I still laugh at things that I don't agree with, like, if it's funny, it's funny. I may not agree with what they're saying, but if it's still funny, that's, that's fine, too. The whole point is everything I'm trying to say is to try to be funny. And if 
they think it's any other reason, then they're fooled. Um, and uh, even though we're, of course, covering the Winnipeg Comedy Festival and our site's based in Winnipeg, we have visitors all across North America. So anyone else uh, outside of Winnipeg that's uh, reading this right now, uh, where can they check you out coming up? Or uh, you mentioned you have DVDs that you've put out. Uh, where can they get those? Yeah. You know, my website, ComedyHorror.com, has the store there. Just all three of my DVDs are there. Um, they're all three hours. I'm also on XM Radio every single week. I have my own talk show on there on Laugh Attack, which is the Canadian stand-up channel, but that's heard across North America. And a lot of fans are actually uh, in the States. So I do that once a week. And, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter and all the social networks. They can find me there. And, you know, uh, in terms of tour dates, they're always posted on my website. I'm doing a big Super Dirty tour in the fall with Kenny Robinson. So hopefully we can include Winnipeg. Seeing, we'll see how this nasty show goes. But we will be going right across Canada. Showbizmonkeys.com